This is Father Gregory Pine. This is Father Joseph Anthony Cress. And welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you um, don't so, make, it, make a donation to the Benedictines at St. Louis Abbey. This wow, episode is going to be absolutely insupportable <laughs> and unlistenable. So we're very delighted to be joined today by today, depending on what day you're listening this to this, 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 this. Um, this is Father Augustine Weta. Thanks so much for joining us, Father Augustine. Thank you. It's great <laughs> to be there and here. <laughs> And wherever um, other people are, all at the same time. Exactly. All On this day, places. which is today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so Tomorrow. many... Uh, this is, this is going to be the best 30 minutes of my life. Um, <laughs> so, so many of our, our listeners, or some of our listeners, I shouldn't, I shouldn't puff you up too much. Some of our listeners might know you from your hijinks, which include talking about Jesus, writing books, one of which is called Humility Rules, another of which is called um, what is it? Think, pray, act. Uh, and pray, uh, they also think, might you always pray, pray first. Oh, my bad. I'm embarrassed. That shows just how very precipitous I am. You don't it's often get to use the word precipitous. And then Dominican. Dominican talks <laughs> first and then prays. Exactly. You got to figure out what you're going to say before you pray it. Um, so they'll know you from things. Uh, but, but for those who don't know you, would you say a word of introduction in addition to the random facts that I have assembled? Uh, yes. Uh, hello. Uh, my name is Father Augustine. <laughs> I am uh, the best-selling author of Humility Rules. No doubt. Uh, um, I am 80,000 copies, actually, as of last week. So take that, Amazon. Um, uh, I was once nearly eaten by a shark. If you look it up online, you can find the news, the news clip. And I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I am a monk. Nice. Oh, and I was once—I was once the second funniest man in Houston, Texas. Okay, like in, I, I in the in whole city, or at one bar in the city? Well, it was probably just the bar, but they claimed to represent the whole city. Okay, we'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Doesn't stop As, me from screaming. Yeah, nothing does. Um, so. So the question is, can you lead with a joke? Can you tell us a joke which may or may not make us laugh? Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to tell you, I, I've been thinking about this because you decided to have this episode on humor, right? And St. Benedict says that a monk shouldn't laugh, right? Uh -huh. that, in fact, it's one of the steps of humility. Um, and, and, and that really bothered me for a long time. I actually went to one of our uh, old monks and asked him about it. And he said it's basically the dis difference between <laughs> and <laughs> right so so i've got three jokes to illustrate this this difference okay <laughs> the first joke is um what do you call a cow with three legs i don't know lean beef <laughs> yeah what do you call a cow with no legs ground beef ground beef that's right what do you call a cow with two legs? Your mom. <laughs> okay, so but, but the, okay, so the first two jokes are like pleasant and uplifting and funny, but the last joke is cruel, right? And totally inappropriate. 
And that's that's the sort of joke this ain't better. But the, well, but the problem is that the best jokes are the coolest jokes, right? So it, it's hard to know when you're going to cross that line. I mean, I work with teenagers, and you know from firsthand experience that they have a trouble. They have trouble discerning the difference between appropriate jokes and inappropriate jokes. And it, I, I'm still working on that. Actually, I had to, okay. I had to prostrate myself fully in the um, faculty room just the other day for a joke that I still don't think is offensive, by the way. But <laughs> I applaud, But St. Benedict says you apologize, you, you apologize first, and maybe think about it later. Okay, maybe. just maybe think it's, about it. St. Dominic says you speak first, and then maybe pray about it later. That's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're thinking about joke telling, you're thinking about being lighthearted and being serious at the appropriate times and in the appropriate places. Uh, and you're also a man who writes rules for life type books. You're not Jordan Peterson, but you're, you are the best selling author of humility rules. Um, so have you come up with some rules? Jordan Peterson. Sorry. Nice. Nailed it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm officially um, humbler. Right. We, we, we covered that. Um, so, <laughs> Do you have rules for like joke telling or for humor um, insofar as they, they kind of keep you on the rails or keep you from going off the rails? Things from your experience, things from your wisdom. <laughs> um, rules. Well, I do have three rules that I tell the kids at the beginning of every year. You, you never joke about race. You never joke about someone's sexuality and you never joke about their religion. Although the third is kind of, I mean, among grownups. Well, nah, I don't think there's any exceptions to that. Although I have this Muslim friend, and we joke all the time about this stuff, so. Uh-huh. He calls Wait. this piece of armor behind me, he calls it my interreligious dialogue <laughs> outfit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I guess I that's it. unbelievable about religion. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so, but but I do think I I do think you just you don't joke about someone's race, ever. I mean, just it's just never, 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 never funny. Um, and then there, yeah. Although actually, I heard a pretty good funny. <laughs> that said, I have this friend who is full-blooded Apache Indian. You should have him on the show. He is really funny. Um, and his he told me this hilarious story about how when he was in seventh grade his teacher found out he was native american this is california where everyone is so open-minded right and um she asked his father to come in and speak about native american religions the thing is the apache have been catholic since like the 1700s so he had to go out and buy a couple of pelts and some horns they danced around the classroom singing, and then he held, handed out little pamphlets on Catholic truth. <laughs> it just made him stop. Wow. It was fun. It was fun until it turned Catholic, and then that was the end yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, that's. I I feel like that's the vast majority of life is that when Catholicism enters the ring, everybody just gets serious, and then it's like, okay, now 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 we have lost all joy in life. I mean, that's right. Doing campus that... ministry that is like the constant tension is like we go out and evangelize, invite people to encounter the Lord in sacraments and Scripture, and the thing that they're always like, ah, but do I have to quit having fun? So I guess yeah, like, where where does that line is like? Is is 
piety is faithful with Catholicism just locked down seriousness, or is it some kind of fun? Well, I like to think that it's the latter. Um, I it's it's liturgy is is sort of at its core is prayer is is play, right? I mean, you're dressing up and you're parading around and you're imitating people and singing songs and things. And it's it's lit at its heart. We're we're a very sort of playful religion, I think. Um, and, and I frankly can't imagine anyone really surviving the religious life without a sense of humor. But I do tell the kids that it is my job to make sure they don't enjoy themselves. <laughs> it's okay. a serious job. I, or anyway, that's what I, the old men in Rome are supposed to be looking down their noses at all of our fun, right? Yeah. But but ironically, it's those it's these. I I, I teach I teach sexual ethics to ju high school juniors. If you can imagine, the kids call it sex and Nazis because every discussion. It, yeah, even my apologetics class is called that on and off the records because every discussion ends with one or the other topic, regardless of what we could be talking about the Eucharist or or whatever. But that's all they really want to talk about. And and I and I say to the, you know inevitably there are two or three kids in the class who just have decided that the Catholic Church is is wrong on these subjects, and I say to them, well you know I mean, like every world religion, every culture in the, for the last four thousand years has said that it's as has had basically pretty similar rules about marriage, but you three figured it out right, and the point. And, and we we don't make up these. Your your parents and I don't make up these rules to make you miserable. We make them so that you can have fun, so you can relax and enjoy yourself. I mean, it's as soon as you start to break the rules, you actually end up having less fun. I think. All right. So follow up question. Um, in all the nerds yes. down in Nerdville, all right, th are, we're, we're all thinking about. I identify with them, by the way. Uh, are thinking about you? Not me. Not me. I I, I don't. I actually yeah. feel a very affinity with the bullies. I feel like okay. bullies these days. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I mean, because everybody's They need to anti be redeemed? Like, well, they, everybody's they all anti-bully these days, right? They're, they're oh, all man. sort of... Oh. Uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid that the bullies are going to get a, a poor self-image because we keep <laughs> hammering them for, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Thank I, you. The bullies you. serve a purpose. They certainly served a big purpose in my life. I mean, if it weren't for bullies... I, well, I'd have a straighter nose for one thing, uh, but I wouldn't be half the man I am today if if they hadn't relentlessly erased the most glaring eccentricities of my per personality. <laughs> that is exactly what all of our listeners are thinking right now. Good thing your glaring eccentricities have been erased. Heaven yeah. forfend yeah. that they come through. I mean, who should okay. we send the thank you cards to? That's my question. Exactly. Like, Old Biff send the and Robbie down the, the corner. Kenny yeah. Hurts was my bully. Oh, <laughs> his last name yeah, was Hurts. Same his name. Yeah, and isn't that ironic? His last name was Hurts. Yeah. Was it like H -E He's either destined to be a bully or, or like an NFL quarterback. Ironically, at our last college oh, – sorry, what was that, Father? Just keep going. Saying, yeah, you're good. Okay. I, ironically, at our class reunion, he, he and I ended up going to college together as well. He and I sat around, stood around and talked. And he kept saying, man, I was such an idiot in high school. 
man, I'm such an, I was such a, and I, I knew what he was saying. So I was like, look, I'm an idiot now. So <laughs> we're pretty, pretty well even. So people, I mean, I think he, he turned out to be okay. I think in the end, as many nice. bullies do. Although I just recently read a study of bullies <laughs> that showed that they actually have really high self-esteem and they go on to be pretty successful. Yeah. I was always told that they were insecure and, and we're going to grow up and be losers, but that's not true. Bullies do well depiction. in life. <laughs> Bullies okay. do well in life. You, you the, if you, live, if you leave this podcast with nothing else, remember <laughs> to respect your bully because you could be your boss someday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So or I was asking a question like three and a half minutes ago before Bully Detour. I suppose I yeah. avoided said detour insofar as I identified as a citizen of Nerdville. But regardless, yeah. um, so we talk about some number of people. It's probably not large. Talk about eutropalia as a kind of virtuous exercise. So it's like an entry into this contemplative disposition. You described it as play. And sometimes we hear, let's see, the Apostle John cited and the I'm story sorry, is recounted. Eutropalia. I thought you weren't supposed to do that. I thought... You're what unbelievable. Is, what is you're like you're like a feral cat. It's like it's like a cat <laughs> who was once domesticated to scorn its owners and then was let loose and like scorns them even more from a greater distance. I have a theory um, about cats actually that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that they were that we worshipped them for thousands of years, right? And then and then we stopped and they just haven't forgotten. Yeah, that's a good theory. I prefer to be a feral dog, actually, if you don't mind. Sure. Have it. Have it your way. This is Burger King in (laughs) any number of ways. Um, So, Eutropalia, and you have the story recounted about the Apostle John. There's no way that I'm going to finish this question. It's just not going to happen. This is going to be the entire (laughs) episode. I don't know what Eutropalia is. It sounds like like a a, a urinary tract infection. Oh, my gosh. This is unbelievable. What is Eutropalia? (laughs) Eutropalia is like – it's like play, okay? So the story that's told about the Apostle John and Cashin's conferences is that people are like, hey, Uh, man, why aren't you always praying? And he's like, you have to unstring the bow or else it's going to get weak, right, or the bow is going to crack. I don't remember the exact words that are used, but he seems to describe play as a kind of necessary thing. But what's not clear is whether it's necessary because like you have to concede to the weakness of human flesh or if it's because it's like an essential feature of human joy, delight. So what do you think? Do you think there'll be joking in heaven or do you think that it's just a passing fancy so that we can get through this veil of tears? Well, I actually I just wrote and then did purposely did not publish a an article on Dante's Inferno and the smile. Well, he talks about there's smiles all through Dante's Inferno. There are three smiles in hell, I think seven smiles in purgatory, and twenty something smiles in heaven. And I don't know whether that counts as eutropalia, but I, it certainly indicates joy. And, and and I and it's hard to tell jokes and have fun and not smile. It's also hard to not smile back because smiles are sort of the conduit of the physical conduit of joy between people. Um, and so uh, the the end conclusion is basically that we made the world hell for the last three years. Not that I was against. Well, I was against the masks, but I'm not an anti-masker. I'm I'm, I'm in favor of obedience. So I blame I, I, I blame my superiors, but 
but but I, I someone you know ever since I became a big shot celebrity priest, I they best, people best been asking celebrity yeah priest. can't you tell a best selling yeah best selling celebrity shark attack priest um, <laughs> you've uh, you I, they, they, a bunch of my followers I, I finally I'm down to Twitter alone I just couldn't take it anymore mm. but asked me to say something about uh, about the whole mass situation I was like look I'm not a doctor. And I'm not a bishop, and you're lucky I'm neither. I'm lucky I'm neither. Um, and so I'm just if the bishop say it's to do it, and doctors agree, then then I'm going with it. But the 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 result is that we've had like no interpersonal joy for two years. You know, I think that I mean, to get real serious all of a sudden, I think the kids are have really suffered from that. The kids are all right though kids are all right no they're, they're not out. that's that's the problem they're not all right they're 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 addicted to their phones and to their well and we got i got i told a kid to put away his phone in class the other day and he said but i'm talking to my parents <laughs> like again what happened to all the bullies for crying out loud <laughs> but but the fact that that did not earn him scorn at a boys school just tells you how how warped they've become from from living at home all the time and uh, anyway, well let's what other questions you got <laughs> <laughs> um all right we're talking about joy we're talking about utrapitalia uh humor and all these things um there can be this time where like you are in bad situation or not bad situations, but like you find humor in a situation that shouldn't be humorous, right? You find there's something happening, whether it's a, you know, you're at mass and you should not be laughing at something. It's not necessarily a comedy club uh, in that <laughs> circumstance. But uh, for those like that are, is humor something that you can just kind of turn on and off? Is it now's the time to kind of let your hair down and relax and be humorous? And now's the time to kind of tighten up. How does this become kind of like a virtuous disposition of enjoyment, um, relaxation and all of that, no matter the situation? Interesting. I never quite thought of it that way because there, we've all been in situations where it was just totally inappropriate to laugh. <laughs> right. And yet we couldn't stop, right? I, we which used makes to, it actually all the funnier, oddly. Enough. Yeah, yeah, which which just makes it even better. Uh, in the monastery, the old guys call it the novice disease mm. because it, you get it, like, usually at Vespers, during Latin Vespers, during, like, a really solemn moment, somebody will get the giggles, and it kind of spreads. <laughs> we actually, we had a, a, a beagle uh Creep in the church. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're, we are getting a little desperate. Um, <laughs> but, but not that desperate, not yet. Uh, Wait, you're the vocations director, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I told the abbot I would double the size of the monastery within the next year, and I've only got one novice, so I'm getting real desperate. <laughs> yeah, so anybody out there who has nothing else to do and nothing better to do with your life, join St. Louis Abbey. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, uh, but, but we, no, no, it was summer and the doors were open and somebody was walking their beagle and the beagle came into the church and started running around, started doing laps around the altar. And 
then the, the, the sacristan got up and started chasing the dog, and then the, the, the MC got up and started chasing the dog in there. It's this whole sort it was this whole kind of a um who's like a what's his name? The uh, Benny Hill. Benny Hill. I wanted to say Benny Hahn, but that's not true. Benny Hill. Benny Hanna. Have you Benny been Hanna? Benny Hanna? No, he wouldn't enjoy that. Um, and then our old grumpy brother Martin decided he was going to hit the dog with his cane, <laughs> and uh, because the dog took a real liking to him for some strange reason, and sat right in front of him, looking straight at him, and he reached real slowly for his cane, and brought up, and. And just as he came forward, he hit his head on the stall in front of him. And then we all kind of lost it. And the abbot had to stop the prayers altogether. But, yeah, that's the sort of – you're right. There would be some sort of virtue in being able to control your laughter, which I have not mastered entirely. But you're right. It, it is I, – I, I, I hadn't thought of, say, humor as a virtue, as a sort of a skill like, I don't know, juggling or, or soccer but but it could be a virtue if it's if it's really spreading joy then it, then it would be a virtue wouldn't it kind of all right but there are are we limited you're dominicans are we limited the number of virtues or can we make up new ones i mean they either exist or they don't exist but it's a matter of doing the hard work of identifying them i think that's what we're doing here and in okay. In, in trying to identify the virtue of humor, I think part of it is, you know, as we're working through our lives, sometimes we do stupid things and then we regret them. Um, so we have hindsight, but we don't so much have foresight. And sometimes part of becoming virtuous is translating hindsight into subsequent foresight. So like, for instance, when you do, uh, well, when you tell jokes, which may or may not be offensive, or when you perform funny gestures, which may or may not be offensive. Like for instance, we were at Seek and the way I was alerted to ah. your physical presence in the building was that you came up behind me and gave me a double wet willy. Um, yeah, while you I were wouldn't... giving a radio interview, which I thought was particularly clever on my account because you weren't, you couldn't react because what were you going to say? Yeah, what was I going to say? I've, I don't I've know. taken you the opportunity stuttered, to schedule you for a yeah. guest planning episode so that way I can make my thoughts known. Um, but, but later, but I, later I regretted it, though. I really did regret it because the look of horror on your face <laughs> was so genuine that, I, that I, 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 I'm pretty sure I wrote you an apology. I was like, hey, look, I'm really sorry. That was just totally out of line. You, you did. You but wrote me a email apology. But then, again, but then again, our Lord kind of gave wet willies of a certain sort, although it says that he touched the man's ears and then he spat. Um, yes. So it seems like more of a reverse wet willy, uh, regardless. <laughs> Um, that's right. I was just trying to imitate our Lord. Yeah, that's that's what I love about you. Is the Lord the um, originator of the Wet Willie? It seems he, he may have been. Yeah. Yeah. Except he did it backwards. Right. It was the it was the reverse. It was a deconstructed. The, it was a deconstructed. The dry Willie, exactly. but to be right. And yeah. it and it took the subsequent development of doctrine for us to arrive at the Wet Willie. Um, but d d have you find found? Have you found ways of translating hindsight into foresight of being a uh, a calmer, oh. collecteder version of your humorous self, or do you think that you're basically just destined to uh, perform said um, whatever? What, what what was that thing you said? Where you like prostrate yourself before an individual until such time as he pardons you? What does that have a name in the Benedictine tradition? Well, it's does it? No, I just call it an apology. 
Oh, okay. But it's not yeah, right. an apology, is it? I mean, you don't. And, and I, I, I actually, I, I go, I, but I, 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 I um, <laughs> run around the country giving talks to kids about this. And um, the, I think one of the best things about the Benedictine apology is that it's not an apology. You don't have to be sorry. You don't have to look sorry. You don't have to feel sorry. You don't even have to say you're sorry. You just throw yourself on the ground and beg for a blessing. And it's in my experience, it's the fastest way to win an argument. Right. Also, because life is about winning. Nose dive onto the floor. All right. Yeah. Um, maybe we are it's motivated really by the same thing. It's a sort of reverse bullying. I read somewhere that when you're confronted with someone who's who is physically helpless, your brain re re releases oxytocin, and just and so so you can't help but like want to reach out, right? I've also heard that called the the cuddle hormone. So maybe it's an inducement for the other person to like perform the merciful equivalent of cuddling from a distance, a safe and healthy distance. Yeah. Um, okay, but but I'm I'm still wondering about hindsight and foresight. Have you found All ways right. of translating your hindsight, which is to say maybe not, maybe I regret that, maybe that was a bit too much, to yeah. foresight? So the next time you're approaching a Dominican who's giving a radio interview, you think to yourself, <laughs> "I'm gonna get him," and then you say maybe in a way that's more subtle and involves less of my saliva in his ear canals. Your thoughts? Yes. No, yeah, I actually, I have a really good friend who's a psychologist <laughs> and we hang out all the time. We, it, it, I, he really ought to be charging me, but he, his thing is, is that... like, there comes a time when you have to go from being a, being the jester to being the sage. And, mm. and, and I've, I've been working on that actually. Believe it or not, I, I apologize less than I I have to apologize less than I used to because yeah, you're right. I, it's well, or, or you know, the kids asked me which was which was more fun, being a lifeguard or being a beach lifeguard or being a monk. And if I'm going to be totally honest, yeah, it, it was more fun being a beach lifeguard, right? <laughs> but but in my defense, there's nothing more depressing than a 40 year old lifeguard. Mm -hmm. and so so uh, you got to grow up if you're, you're you're there there is a point where you have to decide you you really have to you're forced to make it a, a choice between joy on the one hand and fun on the other and humor is always fun but sometimes you just uh, you, you don't want to be always the clown right uh, and and you're and you've touched on something really personal and very sad in my life. Thank you very much for that. That that I've always had trouble. No, I'm just kidding. But well, not really though, because I, I yeah I do have a tendency to be the clown and to and to opt for that instead of saying something serious, um, which I think is what Benedict is really afraid of is is that you're going to end up joking around your whole life and never quite get to the serious stuff because the serious stuff is, is what brings joy, you know, sacrifice and suffering and that sort of stuff. That's, that's the really deep, deep joy. But um, then I've never known, I've never known a holy person who didn't have a great sense of humor. Um, I, I, I love to watch stand-up comics. I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. Um, and I saw an interview once with a comic and they were saying the beauty of stand-up comedy is that they can give social commentary. They can speak truths mm. 
through the means of humor and jokes, which nobody else can. Right. And uh, if you want to kind of get a sense of the certain kind of social environment, like of a certain decade, if you like go back to the 80s, you know, if you want to see what's happening there, like you would watch um, Richard Pryor or oh, something wow. like that. And that the comics give a more accurate representation to the social realities of the time because they can convey it through humor. So from your experience, being a jovial human being, do you find that you're able to communicate truth better because humor is more palatable to a broader group of people than just like hitting super serious facts all the time at people? Like, can you convey truth easier via humor um, in your experience? Yeah, uh, I, I, my brain went somewhere else in the middle of what you were sure. what you're saying. Your but, Follow your but brain. Follow your brain. But I'll be back to that in a second because, yes, I think, well, uh, there are two things. I was thinking about the body and society. What is, what's the book by um, – it's, it's, about, it's about early monasticism, and it was written by – same guy who wrote a famous biography of St. Augustine. I can't remember his name, but the book is called The Body and Society. And in it, he talks about how monks became this these um, intercessors between – peasantry and royalty because they were the they were outside of the system and i wonder if comedians don't kind of serve that role now that they can only the monk if if somebody felt that their their duke was being excessive in his demands for payment or something they would go tell the monks and then the monks would show up and say you've been bad you need to be nicer to your subjects and stuff because he because they were outside of the system, and I wonder if if humor doesn't serve that that function as well, and if maybe the comedian has kind of taken the place of the monk as a as as a truth teller, a truth speaker. Um, that said, uh, my my advice, our old father Timothy gave me the advice when I was ordained. He said, "You want to when you preach, you want to tickle them with one hand and slap them with the other." <laughs> Now that I think of it, metaphorically, kind of just metaphorically, when you, okay. When you say yeah, it out totally. loud, but it, it, in fact, <laughs> well, when you <laughs> added gestures to it, that's where it got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't that was kind of icky, wasn't it? But but his point was, but but I think it does work that way. You because you humor. Well, well, I think the best sort of humor is self-deprecating humor, and, and that and reveal. Um, Showing a part of yourself that you're not particularly proud of or, or being willing to share your weakness with people opens them up in such a way that then you can hit them with something that's a little more serious. Um, I think that was the point he was trying to make. I hope that was the point he was trying to make. <laughs> Otherwise, ew. All right. Well, we've, we've come nearly to the end of our time. Uh, no, have, I know, right? We'll just have to record a seven-hour episode next time. That'll make up for it. Um, <laughs> do you have a, a final humorous thought? Not necessarily a joke, but a final a final thought for our listeners, whether it be an encouragement or a commendation or maybe just a joke. It's your call. Uh, none of the above. Uh, I, I, I have a, a story from the Desert Fathers that is – I'm, I'm writing a book now on the Desert Fathers, or I actually just wrote a book on the Desert Fathers, but I'm writing another one. Um, 
it, because I've found all these obscure stories that no one's ever heard of. And, and one of them is that this philosopher from Athens, he goes out into the desert and apprentices himself to a monk because he's heard that the monks are very wise. And every day the monk wa wakes up, insults him, and demands payment, and then dismisses him. And he does this for three years. And eventually, at the end of the three years, he just tells the philosopher to get lost. And this, this young Athenian philosopher trudges back home, thinking he's wasted his time. And on his way through the gates of Athens, there's this bum sitting on the side of the road yelling at people while, as they walk by. So he insults the philosopher. And the philosopher looks at him and laughs. And the, the bum stands up. He says, why do you laugh at me when I insult you? And he says, well, because I've been paying for that for three years, and you just gave it to me for free. And, and the old bum bows low and says, the city is yours. <laughs> I mean, I think if we can learn to laugh at ourselves and, and even to laugh at insults and, and, and the world around us that, that – that the world will smile back and that the city will be yours, will be ours. How's that? It's beautiful. I'll dig it. Yeah. I have Thank recently you. been insulted on a variety of occasions for totally random reasons, like in the streets of the place where I live. Oh, I was thinking uh, just before this episode when we were talking. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's that too. That's wow, that's, yeah. that's more of a piece. I wouldn't know how to recognize our relationship if it weren't marked by <laughs> such events. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay, well, um, as, a, as a final thing, final, final thing, uh, so you've written books, and you contribute to podcasts, and you sometimes speak. Is there a place where people can get information about these things and more? Yeah, if you do a Google search for Surfing Monk, I'm the first thing that comes up, and it'll pretty much direct you to a YouTube video, and then my website, my author website, which mm -hmm. you have ridiculed on a number of occasions. Uh, it's like fr. It's like jaugustinweta.org or .com or something. But anyway, Augustine Weta, if you look me, if you look up, the, there just aren't that many Wetas in the world. So mm. just do a Google search for Weta. You can pretty much find me. There you go. So jaugustinweta.net.org.com. Uh, if you want to look him up at that supremely Pretty convenient sure handle. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, okay, perfect. All right. Well, thanks very much. Thanks for taking the time. I don't know how to comport myself as if I were being serious right now, because there's been nothing serious yeah, really, no, except for the things yeah. that were serious. So I'll just seamlessly transition into our send off, which is to say, thanks as always for listening to God's planning. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, like the episode. If you would subscribe on YouTube or your podcast app and leave a five-star review. And when doing so, note especially the fact that it was because of Father Augustine that you left a five-star review, so then he can go into all of our social media feeds, find and those comments, leave, and attribute leave. all of our success to himself. What? What were you going to say? <laughs> and then leave four or five reviews on Amazon for my books and our other people's <laughs> names. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the show through... Uh, Patreon. Uh, you can follow the link in the description or the show notes. And then there you will also find links for upcoming events and merchandise. Speaking of upcoming events, we just released information on our retreats for this summer and fall. So the All Comers Retreat, which is for people age 21 and beyond, uh, is going to take place on June 16th through 18th at Malvern Retreat House, uh, just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
It's going to be about the four cardinal virtues uh, and the five hosts of God's planning will be there. And Father Augustine is not invited. Uh, he'll be having an alternate retreat just two blocks down, which will be yeah. much funnier and much is more there, holy. You said there's God's planning merch? There is God's planning merch. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Can I just like shirts Dominican with your habit? face. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Dominican habit and a tattoo of me. Um, so thank <laughs> you to all of you over my face. I will so. never, I'll never finish this. I'll never finish this episode. <laughs> all right. So thanks so much for listening. Know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us and we'll catch you next time on God's planning. <laughs>